All right, glad you're with us. Happy Tuesday. Tons of breaking news, a lot of developments. Uh, I, I can't believe what Project Veritas has been able to pull off as they literally got inside the network of Google and literally they, they talked to this, how would I say this, this woman that is very powerful within Google and has a lot, you know, her name is Jen Janai, head of responsible innovation. I just heard that uh, Ted Cruz was grilling her uh, and it didn't go well for her and she didn't have many answers about this, but they're actually exposing on a very high level what is a political use of this powerful tool of technology which could literally rig an election. You have something is, you know, Linda, check and see what is the average number of of Google searches daily? I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. I'm sure it's significant. But then he went and after he literally got these people on tape, which Project Veritas, James O'Keefe receives over 63,000 searches per second on any given day. That's 63,000 per second. Two trillion searches per year. 3.8 3.8 million searches per minute. 200. All right, slow, slow down. How many per year? Per hour. How many okay. per year? That's the average 63,000 searches per second on any given day. That's the average figure of how many people use Google a day. The more you talk, the more in New York you get. Go ahead. All right, which translates, translates into at least two, Singapore. two trillion searches per year, 3.8 million searches per minute. How many a minute? 3.8 million. Per minute. Per minute. 228 million searches per hour. 5.6 billion searches per day. So James O'Keefe goes in with his undercover cameras. You're welcome. Thank you. Jen Janai, head of responsible innovation at Google... Well, she is the one that is talking, not knowing that this is an undercover video, which is what project this probably is their best work ever talking about setting the definition of fairness. And then very interestingly, James O'Keefe finds a whistleblower insider. And that person is also talking to James O'Keefe. And I'll play some of this. They altered the voice of this individual. And he says, Literally, because this this woman, head of responsible innovation at Google, discussing about setting the definition of fairness. And what we find out is the insider says, well, after Trump was elected, Google wanted to, quote, fight hatred. So they began to police their users. Well, how invasive did they get? And they started a concept of machine learning fairness. I don't know what that means, but we'll get to that. And the insider says that fairness means manipulating search results so they get the political agenda that they want. And then if you watch the video, and we're going to put it up on Hannity.com, you know, they explain the machine learning algorithm. Like, for example, James O'Keefe on this video samples Trump emails versus Hillary Clinton emails you know email servers whatever he's, he asked for and guess what yeah it's obvious they manipulated the search results so that people can't get the truth the information that they would otherwise get if google was playing it straight down the middle and just serving their clientele they're not telling anybody they have a political agenda you know i i don't even think you can begin two trillion searches a year 63 thousand per second 3.8 what billion a day a million a day right and that's that's tremendous influence you can't calculate you know in terms of being an in-kind donation you basically have google manipulating the free flow of information and not telling anybody that uses google what they're up to and again, they're saying fairness means manipulating search results that they get the political agenda that they want. You have an insider whistleblower saying exactly that. And he explains machine learning algorithms. And O'Keefe is 
showing these examples. The insider explains that achieving fairness through product intervention. Well, what does that mean? How, how intrusive are they getting into the users' lives? An insider explains also that, you know, th- that Google has an editorial agenda. All right, what does the insider say the agenda is? Well, he says Google is hell-bent on making sure another Trump doesn't come to power. Now, the woman who I just mentioned, the head of Responsible Innovation, apparently is very proud of this, had no answers for Ted Cruz apparently today, says that in in her case that uh, if Elizabeth Warren wants to break up Google, smaller tech companies won't be able to prevent the next Trump. Actually says that. The person that is spearheading this whole thing apparently. And the same woman says Google is training their algorithms for 2020 in case there's a repeat of 2016. And the insider's explaining how searches for stories on Hillary Clinton's emails are suppressed by Google. Wow. And insiders say Google is violating the letter, the spirit of the law on multiple fronts. And, you know, you have to just start with, okay, well, what is the impact of something like this? It would be probably the biggest, the most massive um, in-kind donation of a political candidate, and it's done in a sneaky, manipulative, non-transparent way. This is going to be a big story. I'm telling you right now, this is not going to be a small story. And we're going to play all of this for you. And James O'Keefe is going to join us later in the program. But I'm blown away by this. You know, Google is bent on never letting somebody like Donald Trump, I mean, come to power again. Wow. You can't break up smaller companies. They don't have the resources to prevent the next Trump situation. You know, an insider says Prager U. That's, that would be our friend Dennis Prager. And David Rubin, apparently content suppressed, targeted as right wing. And leaked documents show, highlight that the machine learning fairness thing that she's talking about, Google practices to make results fair and equitable based on their agenda, which is obviously anti-Trump, anti-conservative. And documents appear to show editorial policies that determine how Google publishes news. And by the way, it violates, I'm telling you, there's going to be a series of laws that are going to be brought up here is is not going to end well for these people that have been involved in this manipulation because they're abusing their position their power there's not no transparency i mean the idea that these companies are have gotten so intrusive into our personal lives is mind-numbing i mean we how you know blair is here today runs all our computer stuff i mean how many times a data they try to hack into hannity.com um way too much Way too much. You don't even want to give that information out, do you? No, I don't. Linda will hit me. Linda will hit you. Well, that's always a danger. Yes. Especially if she's had a cosmopolitan. Trust it's a bigger me, danger than hacking, too. Okay. And, you know, we had the issue with Twitter. What did they say? That my account was compromised, right? Yeah, and that's all they'd give us. They wouldn't. And remember, we'd have all these guys that were involved that talk about these data centers, mega data centers. And, you know, Bill Binney and guys like this, American Patriots that have worked in Intel, they say every email, every text, every phone call is stored and recorded of every American every single solitary time. Well, what would happen to our right to privacy? Apparently it's non-existent. You know, and, and listen, this, this this is a brave new world. That's why when we talk about Norton Secure VPN, for three dollars and thirty-three cents a month, that encrypts your whatever you send or receive. It's kind of a good idea, and well worth it. How how do you feel these products work? You told me absolutely they work, Blair. You're the tech expert, not me. What? How Norton VPN works? I didn't ask you. I asked Blair. Well, yeah. Blair and I work together, so you can ask me too. Okay. Well, when we put it on certain devices, I have which are changing constantly. 
and decept- I, mean, I've con- I mean, you just I can't even communicate with my friends anymore. So it basically creates like a dedicated encrypted road between your phone and where you're going. So no both can- ends of, in other words, everything you send and receive is encrypted and safe and secure for three dollars and thirty three cents a month, which is great for Norton, right? Exactly. Great deal. And if you're on any public Wi-Fi, you should always use VPN. Never use public. Yeah, but the idea. This is where we get into the the powerful tools of intelligence that we give to protect our country. We entrust to the hands of of these brave Americans. Many of them put their lives at risk. If you work in the intel community, you have no idea the number of risks they take. You know, we, we talk about we can't reveal sources and methods and assets. Well, that was the big danger of Hillary Clinton's server because when you put top secret classified information on an unsecured server, which we believe was hacked by at least five foreign intelligence service agencies include that would be russia that would be china that would be north korea iran and and god only knows who else and that was part of the original report but that was removed just like the legal standard gross negligence and that was replaced by extreme carelessness because they didn't want hillary who did have top secret classified special access programming information on the server as confirmed by James Comey, July 5th, 2016, but uh, no prosecutor would prosecute. Baloney, they wouldn't prosecute it. And if you want to talk about intent, you know, an obstruction, which the, you know, even though now we have four separate investigations exonerating Trump and any conspiracy to collude with Russia to create chaos in the 2016 election. But, you know, well, well maybe he obstructed then. Well, that issue is dead, decided by the attorney general, the deputy attorney general and the office of legal counsel. But if Democrats really cared about obstruction, they would look at, oh, Hillary's deleted 33,000 subpoenaed emails and the bleach bit and the hammers and the SIM cards. All the things we've been saying is outrageous. It is the biggest slam dunk. What was she doing? Destroying the evidence. Destroying the evidence for what? The underlying crime. What was the underlying crime? Top secret classified information on a private server. Violation of the Espionage Act, 18 U.S.C. 793. It is clear as day. And by the way, remember Christian Saucier? Well, he spent a year in prison because, well, he violated the Espionage Act by taking six pictures of a 40-year-old submarine that he never shared with anybody because he was proud of where he worked. And he never put it on social media, never gave it to anybody, just wanted the pictures, which I don't blame him, but they put him in jail for a year. Is that equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws? I don't. I think not. Does that then create the possibility of a two-tier justice system? It absolutely does. And that's the danger in all of this. All right, we'll get to that. Um, wow. <laughs> You are in for such a treat this week. You're in. We are get to see the beginning of the descent of, of, um, into madness of this new extreme radical Democratic Socialist Party. We got a preview this weekend in South Carolina. We'll get to that um, and much, much more coming up in the course of the program. And James O'Keefe will join us. And John Solomon, we have an update on the story from yesterday. There is going to be, I am told, a massive breaking story about the 350% increase in unmaskings in 2016. Just like the story we told you about Executive Order 12333 and how significant it is to all things uh, Operation Crossfire Hurricane. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Thank you, Scott Shannon. 800-941-SEAN if you want to join us. Here's what's going to happen. Now, we saw a lot of this on display. We played some of it yesterday with all these crazy Democrats. I mean, it is now a race to the bottom. And by the bottom, I mean to the very policies that will never, ever work. Policies that will ensure that America, the great United States of America, the land of hope, opportunity, innovation, you know, risk and reward is is finished as we know it. Socialism does not work. But yet every Democrat is trying to out 
leftists out-radicalize the other. And sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe, the so-called moderate, well, he's changing every position he's ever had with not a lot of energy, to be honest, but, you know, from Anita Hill and his apology tour to the Hyde Amendment to adopting the new Green Deal version of Ocasio-Cortez, and it is now a race. Everything is going to be free. You know, there's a certain appeal in this argument. This is, how has this happened repeatedly throughout history? What, what is the appeal of it? Well, to each according to his need, from each according to his ability. Okay, it sounds fair. We'll put all our money in a pot. Everyone's equal. Everyone gets equal results. One of the problem is once you make that assurance to people, this is assurance to people. Number one, you got to pay for it. You're never going to be able to pay for it. Now it does a couple of things. It does take away this inherent, natural, I would even argue, instinctive fear that people have about not having retirement about not being able to pay for college, about, you know, certain needs, wants, desires in life. You have a bunch of people coming along saying, no, 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 vote for us. And we're going to give you all those things that you fear you might not have. You know, health care in your old age, guaranteed Medicare for all, but you can't have private insurance. Promises sound great. They sell them with such gusto, but it's failed everywhere it's been tried. That's the problem, that we have a track record of socialism. You know, I should do a history of this. We'll do a Hannity history lesson on this just to make the point in the days ahead. But, to, to you know, let, let's just use one example. Let's use the Obama example of Obamacare. With great passion and gusto and zeal and promise and guarantee Barack Obama went out and sold Obamacare. He went everywhere. He told everybody, you get to keep your doctor. You get to keep your plan, and everybody's going to save money. When you hear about the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, and I, and I don't mind the name because I really do care. A system where we're going to work with your employers to lower your premiums, by up to $2,500 per family per year. Add it all up, and the plan I'm proposing will cost around $900 billion over 10 years. We will start by reducing premiums by as much as $2,500 per family. There are also those who claim that our reform efforts would ensure illegal immigrants. This too is false. Here's what changes saying to people who already have health insurance and the employers who are providing it will work to lower your premiums by up to $2,500 per family per year. I will not sign a plan that adds one dime to our deficits, either now or in the future. I also have a health care plan that would save the average family $2,500 on their premium. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. We're going to work with your employer to lower the costs of your premiums by up to $2,500 a year. And, and I will make sure that no government bureaucrat or insurance company bureaucrat gets between you and the care that you need. And we'll cut the cost of a typical family's health care by up to $2,500 per year. The best example is the claim made not just by radio and cable talk show hosts, but by prominent politicians that we plan to set up panels of bureaucrats with the power to kill off senior citizens. It is a lie, plain and simple. As we have now learned, well, millions of Americans lost their doctors. Millions of Americans, they lost their plants. Uh, millions, well, actually, pretty much everybody paid, not only paid, but they paid a lot more. In some cases, double and triple what they were paying. The promise was great. The reality of it, it was, it was a, a false sense of security that here comes the government and they're going to take away your fear. And we've gone over repeatedly the cost increases yearly in state after state after state. I won't repeat myself. We've gone over repeatedly 
the millions of Americans that have lost doctors. We've we've gone through all the counties in the country that have but one option now. But we were told we were going to have lots of options. No, because all the big insurers said, we can't make money doing this. Nice try. Uh, we're out. And they all got out. Now the promise, now they want you to lock into Medicare for all. And but there's no option according to Kamala Harris. Well, it varies on any given day. She first said no option for private insurance. Everybody's gonna have the same plan. Okay, well, they've tried that in Great Britain. It's called the National Health Services. And you worry about maybe affording health care in your old age, but everyone was guaranteed they're gonna get health care from womb to the tomb till, you know, cradle to the grave. Problem is, if you outlive your life expectancy, in other words, you're an old person. Let's say, God forbid, you're, well, let's say in a good way, you're healthy, except that you need a new hip or you need uh, a new knee or an operation because functionally you can't get around without it. But we have the ability to fix it. But you have outlived your life expectancy. You're denied coverage. There's a reason single payer, the Canadian healthcare system, why we have so many politicians. It's funny. So many people that can, well, if they want to wait the wait, you know, they can get the care, but they'd rather come to the United States, take money out of their own pockets and just pay their own way. And it happens. And we've chronicled that repeatedly. Now we're taking it to the point where, okay, they don't tell you how they're going to pay for it. We just get little dribs and drabs of this fantasy of how they're going to pay for it, which is a 70% top individual marginal tax rate. Uh Uh-oh. That's not good. You know what rich people are going to do? They're going to stop investing money. In factories and manufacturing centers and job creation, the risk takers, because there's no reward at the end of the rainbow for them. So why should they bother? Why do you think there is a mass exodus from states like New York, New Jersey, Illinois and California? Tax the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich. We did. Now, God forbid the rich leave. Well, they left and they're leaving tens of thousands a year. You know, I heard they're doing, I actually heard they're doing this. They're so panicked at the numbers of people that remember New York has a $2.3 billion shortfall because of all the rich people, the hated rich leaving now. Okay. Well, they're following people, New Yorkers that move to no tax states like Tennessee or Texas or Florida well, they're making sure you got to to be a Florida resident. You need to be there six months and a day. I don't know the exact number of day, 180 some odd days. And they're checking if whether or not you are there and they're there. You're going to have to prove that you've been there for those days or else they're going to make the case and take you to court and do their IRS investigation to make sure that you're not quote cheating on your taxes and even then, for example, look at like um, professional athletes. You may not know this. Many of you may. If let's say you play for the Marlins and you're up and you're playing the New York Mets. Okay. In Florida, there's no state income tax. Or you're with the Texas Rangers and you're playing the New York Yankees and you come up to New York. Or you're the Dallas Cowboys and you're playing the Giants. Can we Giants. pick something other than sports? I'm totally lost. Okay. Just follow, follow the bouncing ball. Uh, 99% of my audience knows exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, when you come to New York and play one game, New York will hit you with their state income tax for that one game. Wow. it's, It's like unbelievable. Who wants to come to New York? You know, there are contracts offered. Now, they'll factor in many things. Is there any opportunities maybe for endorsements in a a big city like New York City versus maybe a smaller town like Cleveland, whatever. And there might be ways that you can compensate what is, you know, a a 10% state income tax on top of what is a 40% federal income tax, which is on top of a 
3 4% New York City income tax. Uh, but the problem is now you can't, you know, and by the way, these states have gotten away scot-free. High-tax states have been rewarded for electing high-tax politicians because you get to d- deduct on your taxes your state income taxes. Well, not anymore under the Trump plan. Because what's been happening is states that elect smart politicians that don't put in place state income taxes, they've been subsidizing. And by the way, I'm, I am not a beneficiary of this, just the opposite. I am paying more as a result, but to me, it's fair. Why should people in Florida not get the deduction that people in New York, California, New Jersey, Illinois, all these high-tax liberal states get, and because their populations have elected politicians that believe in socialism, redistribution. Why? They're not getting those same benefits. Well, now they're not. No, now it's an equal playing field. And that's the way it should have been from the beginning. Because all it's doing is encouraging states like New York and New Jersey and California keep electing these politicians. you got to understand it's about power. So now they're going to give you, they're going to take away oil and gas. Forget it. The economy's dead. It's the lifeblood of our economy. We, we, for the first time in 75 years, we're energy independent. The Straits of Hormuz, what's happened there, is far less important strategically than it's ever been historically because we have our own energy resources and now a president that's tapping into them for the first time and is going to go even further. By the way, that will be the, the single biggest venue to raise the standard of living of every American, as long as we don't act like Venezuela or Russia and some of these Middle Eastern countries and allow the government, allow the government officials to steal the people's money. Because the energy, the gas, the oil, the coal, well, that's the people's resources, not the government's resources. So when the standard of living, when we start making money, and a lot of money and a lot of jobs are created and people is now, you know, they're going from, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year to a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow. Then they get the nice home in the safe neighborhood, drive a better car, truck, new car, hopefully, take their kids to Disney, get to go out to eat, not worry about what the price is. That could happen in in just three years, you could see the standard of living skyrocket in this country just through that. But they want to eliminate oil and gas. But everything is free, whether you're unwilling or willing to work. And it's this utopia. Guaranteed health care, guaranteed retirement, guaranteed government healthy food, guaranteed jobs, guaranteed vacations. But we're going to get rid of the lifeblood of our economy, oil and gas, in 10 years. Then we're going to get rid of the combustion engine. And our goal is to get rid of cows and airplanes, too. Now we're going to watch these Democrats. And they're going to now try. We're going to watch this circular firing squad this civil war emerge because they now want to be the most liberal and all it will do will destroy i quote my buddy barry farber the the biggest wealth creator the system of wealth creation ever designed by man free market capitalism risk and reward the harder you work the better you do you know i like sports especially individual sports well, you know, my kids played them because guess what? You learn to win, be a gracious winner, and you know that it's the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. You learn, you know what? Life isn't all cotton candy and rainbows. Great speech by Rocky to his son. We won't play it now. And then you learn that the harder you work, the better you do. And then you learn, you know, what would life really be like if you're unwilling to work and everything was free? It would suck because I I can't imagine getting up every day and having nothing to do. You know, it might be great for a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month. You're not going to be feeling good about yourself when you do nothing. But the powerful, it's all about their power. When they can't fulfill these promises, you can't go back. And that's what that's the insidious nature of government's. And politicians lying, playing on your fears and emotions so that they can gain power. And we're going to watch all of this unfold this week. It's going to be unbelievable. Coming up. 
up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. Let's take action and make sure that if Congress doesn't have the courage to pass smart gun safety laws, then we will get the job done. Also, for that same two cents, we can cancel student loan debt for 95% of the folks who've got it. We will demand that the wealthy and large corporations start paying their fair share of taxes so that we can make public colleges and universities tuition free. We will pass a law this year in New York guaranteeing and mandating two weeks paid vacation for every working person. Are you ready for that in South Carolina? We have to do something and reduce the student debt, which I don't have time to go into now, but we will. All right, there you hear. By the way, that's only a preview of coming attractions of what we're going to get in a big, big debate this week. I mean, they've they've absolutely, positively, completely, utterly have lost it, meaning the Democratic Party. Look, I'm telling you right now, they are ramping up every r- extreme radical idea that they've ever had that's who they are that's what they're going to continue to do you know you know i we i never thought we we would ever be debating and having a party fighting and advocating for during birth infanticide or first we'll deliver the baby and then we'll make the baby comfortable and then we'll let the mother decide i never thought we'd have that or a party that literally wants open borders because walls are immoral totally ignoring the 90% of heroin that comes into this country that kills 300 people a week uh, through our southern border. And then we can add fentanyl on top of that. Or a two-year period where there's illegal immigrants in this country that commit 2,000 homicides, 30,000 violent sexual assaults, and 100,000 other violent assaults. That's against American citizens. Um, You got a sitting member of Congress... Kind of the speaker, because Nancy Pelosi is speaker in name only, the person with the real leverage and power that seems to be setting the agenda for the Democrats is Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez over the weekend. Well, she was giving out great advice to illegal immigrants on how to evade our federal law enforcement. Isn't that aiding and abetting criminal activity? Anyway, sitting member of Congress, they make laws. I assume they expect people to obey those laws, but they don't. Just like sanctuary cities and sanctuary states aid and abet further criminal activity. And uh, they, they frankly, by not following federal laws, they have a sitting member of Congress trying to hinder immigration authorities, which then puts the country and our security at risk. Now, this has become the new extreme radical Democratic Socialist Party. Now, the president, for example, called off deportations. He said, all right, Democrats are begging they want to negotiate. I'll give them two weeks. Last time he offered DACA dreamers and they were saying walls are immoral, but maybe now they're going to change their mind. I tend to doubt it. I think in two weeks we're going to be back to where we started. And because they couldn't be more out of touch with we, the American people. New Gallup poll, more Americans than ever consider immigration a top problem. Um, so that's where we are in all of this. But then, you know, then you've got this this party of just radical extremism. What do they want? They want, oh, let's see. Uh, They want the new Green Deal. Everything you want under the sun is free. Everything's going to be free. But we're going to get rid of the lifeblood of our economy, oil and gas, even though for the first time in 75 years we're energy independent. That is a really dumb idea. We're dealing with the insanity of the mullahs in Iran because of the crippling sanctions of the president, more sanctions again, and the president also hit their military uh, uh, computers with a, a big cyber hit over the weekend that nobody seems to want to give the president credit for. Anyway, so they want no oil and gas, no combustion engine. Everything is going to be free. A 70% top marginal tax rate for individuals, 90% top corporate tax rate. No company will do business in America. They will all leave because they can't make money. And by the way, corporations don't pay taxes. They pass it on to we, the consumers. So that's a tax on you. And then the next thing they want to do is a wealth tax. Okay, 
well, if you happen to be dumb enough to save a few bucks after they take your 70 cents of every dollar, probably more, um, then they're going to take even more of it. And then you'll die and you'll take another 40, 50 percent. Whatever you have left, the gold in your teeth, perhaps. I mean, and then on top of that, well, we have a dream. We want to get rid of airplanes and we want to get rid of cows because of the CO2 flatulence uh, issue and its effect and impact on the environment. This is insanity, but that's who they are. Uh, the Straits of Hormuz, why are they not as the, the geopolitical you know, necessity for the United States it once was because Donald Trump kept his promise and made the country energy independent. That's why. That's straight up. That's why. Foreign entanglements, foreign wars, the Middle East, the free flow of oil, market prices, not as important to us anymore because we've got the resources and now we're now we're the number one producer of all energy in the world, outpacing every Middle Eastern country and Russia. You want to bring these countries to their knees? Perfect. Let's outproduce them. They that that is the backbone of their economy. Ours is far more diverse. Anyway, joining us, Kaylee McEnany, National Press Secretary, Trump 2020 campaign, Jeff Lord, author of the brand new book Swamp Wars: Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. He, of course, was an early supporter of Donald Trump, took a lot of crap for it. Both of them are, have survived stints at fake news CNN, and both have been, I think, fired. I know Jeff was fired. Were you fired, Kaylee? I wasn't. I chose to leave. Uh, I fled to the RNC as quickly as I could and to Trump. Yeah, why, would you, why would you choose to leave a wonderful environment like that where every time you're on right. the air, it's 15 <laughs> people against you? That's exactly right. Oh, no, I, I fled as quickly as I could. Uh, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Those eight-on-one panels uh, were pretty lonely until Jeff came around and we were on it together. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even think they like to have you two on together. Then it was 15-on-2. That was unfair. You had Van Jones and David Axelrod. And then your host, whoever it was, either Cooper or Don Lemon, you know, ganging up against you guys. All right, let's start with where we are here, though. Um. We got this madness coming out. There are a bunch of really good questions that all of these people can be asked. And I don't think that are they going to ask Joe if Obamacare was a success? Are they going to ask, you know, all these Democrats? Well, what do you do to stop the 90 percent of heroin crossing the border? What do you do if a terrorist wants to integrate themselves into one of these migrant caravans and come into the country and we don't vet them, and we can't stop them. What do you do with all the other problems associated with the border? What are the other questions you guys want asked? How are you going to pay for it all? Yeah, how are you going to pay for it all is one of them. And look, I want someone to look Joe Biden in the eye and say, you oversaw the worst economic recovery in modern history. They will not ask that. Uh, They're not going to go on and ask, why is your party, the Democratic Party, stalling humanitarian funding for children at the border? We see people sleeping on the ground, as I'm consistently reminded out of the mainstream media networks. Uh, But it's because of Democrats. When are these questions going to be asked? They're not going to be uh, because the the DNC opted to have NBC and Rachel Maddow uh, answer uh, ask the first. How do you choose a person? that has made her living now for the last couple of years and probably beyond, I never paid attention to it, lying to her audience, building expectations that were never going to be met, you know, pushing a hoax and a conspiracy, pushing a major hoax, massive conspiracy theories and being dead wrong and still pushing them to this day. Jeff. Yeah, I think this is going to backfire. On them. Uh, well, I mean, you've gone through a whole long list here of just how far left this party has gone. And what I think you're going to see unfold here in these debates, they're now going to turn their guns on each other. And who, who is going to be far left enough uh, to, to, you know, to meet their approval? And that is going to be the real ongoing battle that I think will go right on through the primaries to the convention itself. Yeah, basically you're talking about an intramural civil war within the Democratic Party. All right, as we continue, Kaylee McEnany, National Press Secretary for Trump 2020, and also Jeff Lord, author of the new book Swamp Wars. You know, the the media, Kaylee, is so stupid. 
because I say Ocasio-Cortez really has all the influence, power, et cetera, and is driving the agenda for the Democrats in the House and Pelosi speaker in name only. They say Hannity's pushing a conspiracy theory that Nancy Pelosi is not really the speaker. I'm like, are you people that dumb? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that she has more influence than Pelosi does. And Pelosi and Biden and all these 2020 candidates seem scared to death of her. That's exactly right. You look, Nancy Pelosi is not speaker. Absolutely, she's not. You know, she wants this humanitarian funding to go forward in the House. But what happened? Uh, Despite Nancy Pelosi trying to lead the way on what should be non-controversial bipartisan legislation, they had a three-hour meeting last night that apparently was, quote, very tense and, quote, high decibel levels. There was there's yelling there, <laughs> very high pitched voices. Uh, and that was AOC and her crew saying, no, we're not going to do what's best for the country or the party because we don't like President Trump. That tells you all you need to know about who sets the agenda. Yeah, yeah whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever you think of Nancy Pelosi, and I'm not a Pelosi defender, but she is, after all, the, the daughter and sister of mayors of Baltimore, Maryland, which is to say machine Democratic Party politics. And you can bet, Sean, that she knows exactly the problem she's got with AOC and these others, and she's trying her best to resist it. I think she's inwardly just appalled, but she's got to deal with them, and she's not dealing with them very well. They are putting up a real fight, and they don't like her. Well, I mean, uh, that's the point, and I think she's what she won by what four votes. She's it's it's not like she has a lot of wiggle room here. Now, here's also a problem. You know, all right, so everyone said, well, Donald Trump had a horrible midterm uh, election. No, he didn't, because Obama lost 69 seats in 2010, six Senate seats, and, you know, the rest were House seats, 60, what, uh, yeah, 63 House seats and six Senate seats. Clinton lost eight Senate seats and some 50, what, 51 uh, House seats. Trump lost about 40 House seats and picked up Senate seats. By comparison, he did great in the midterm. So, yes, he did. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He, he beat both Clinton and Obama, as you said, Sean. Uh, and on top of that, you know, there's one notable difference between a midterm election and the era of Trump is that Trump brings out people who are not ordinarily Republicans. We see it at all of our rallies out at El Paso, where 75 percent of those who registered were not Republican. 25% were swing voters, 50% Democrats. He turns out people who will only turn out when Trump's name is on the ballot. So you cannot compare a 2018 midterm election in the Trump era uh, to anything else. If you do want to make the comparison, he certainly outperformed Obama and Clinton, as you noted. All right, you we're going to take this. I, I don't think we've spoken since uh, since last Tuesday when I was going to go to this uh, uh, rally at a, a tavern here called the Boomerang. All I can tell you is the place was packed. They had the the bar put up a huge electronic sign overlooking the interstate that said Trump 2020. It was a sea of red hats and people with Trump T-shirts. They watched on the television monitors as he spoke. They cheered his every word. They gave particular shout out to Sarah Sanders. These people are enthusiastic and ginned up. And I went back and took a look at how you measure that excitement here in Pennsylvania. And in every single case, or most every single case in Pennsylvania's 67 counties, Trump did three, four, five, seven points better than Mitt Romney or John McCain or George W. Bush, none of whom carried Pennsylvania. So the enthusiasm level here certainly is high, and I bet Kaylee's seeing it all over the country. Well, I think, look, I bet you walk into that bar and you probably don't have to pay for a drink all night, which really makes me jealous, especially Linda. But if you drink with Linda, you got to be prepared to get hit. I drink with Jeff often. Okay, often? Kaylee lives too far away, but I'll drink with Kaylee, too. I love her. But you you got (laughs) to, Jeff, confirm whether this is true or false. After she's had two or three of those those cosmopolitans like, you know, the Sex and the City crowd. Um, what happens? She gets violent. No, I only reserve my violence for you. It's very specified. It's just She's for very you. Specified. <laughs> I mean, I, I was literally getting punched and kicked. And, and I'm let like, me tell you, you something. I sleep like a baby after I do that. So I it's feel me, so sweet good. baby James. It's Jason. It's the whole team. Ethan, everybody's there. And Katie Hopkins happens to be in town. And she has her first 
what do you call that? Cosmopolitan. She drinks three of them in like 45 minutes. The equivalent of like nine drinks. Hasn't had a drink because she just had her baby. And uh, I think that's what the celebration actually that's was. That's what it was. It was my first night and out. And the violence. Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, on a scale of one to ten, how violent was that getting? Uh, three or four. Uh, you see, yeah, you know stop why? crying, you Mr. Ninja. You why are you the, crying? You weren't the victim. Because I'm, what do you mean, Mr. Ninja? What am I supposed to, you know, stop You're supposed it? to take it like a ninja. Okay. 800-941-SEAN. Toll free. Telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right. Kaylee McEnany and Jeff Floyd, as always, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we always look forward to having you on. As they say in my business, I'm going to... I'm going to give you the whole load today. You got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. Mm. I mean, it's, that's a storybook. You're telling me we got to go spend money to keep from going bankrupt? Yes, I'm you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a fully, I'm not joking. His mom uh, lived in, uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. A man who will be the next president of the United States, Barack America. Hillary Clinton is as qualified or more qualified than I am to be vice president of the United States of America. Let's get that straight. And quite frankly, um, it might have been a better pick than me. So let me say it again. Thank you, uh, Terry. And thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper. And thank you, Chancellor, or Dr. Paper. Romney wants to let the, he said in the first hundred days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. Think about what happened out in where Gabby Gifford, my good friend, was shot and mortally wounded. Well, I say they're going to start to see unemployment grow uh, this spring. Uh, it's going to take uh, employment grow. I'm sorry. Number one job facing the middle class. And it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word. Jobs. J-O-B-S. Jobs. See, I went to the big guys for the money. I was ready to prostitute myself in the, man the manner in which I talked about it. Chuck Graham, state senator's here. Chuck, stand up. Chuck, let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Now is the time to heed the timeless advice from Teddy Roosevelt. Speak softly and carry a big stick. End of quote. I promise you, the president has a big stick. Union workers, the UAW took incredible cuts in their future and their, and their pensions and the less to get GM working. Now, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. And guess what? Mostly directed at, quote, people of color. You see it. We got Jim Crow sneaking back in. No, I mean it. All right, crazy, creepy, sleepy uh, Uncle Joe uh, out there campaigning. I, I don't think he's ever going to be able to stop. You know, he has no energy, number one. Number two, he just seems lost. And now, of course, he's been on his flip-flop tour like nobody I've ever seen in politics. Um, anyway, Carrie Severino is with us. She is the chief counsel policy director for the Judicial Crisis Network. If you noticed in Orlando when the president announced he's going to be running for re-election, uh, taking on maybe Biden, all these other liberal candidates, they, they won't release, like Donald Trump did, the names of people that they would consider for the U.S. Supreme Court. And liberal groups are compiling a secret list of potential Supreme Court nominees, of course, judicial activists, things that liberals could never get done at the ballot box, uh, never get done legislatively. They always hope that an activist judge will do for them. Well, in doing so, they might cite foreign law, not our own Constitution, which has happened, sadly. Uh, that list apparently is being kept secret as Democrats are Headed to Miami for these debates this week, the Judicial Crisis Network has launched a two-week, $1.1 million national ad campaign calling on former Vice President Sleepy Creepy Crazy Uncle Joe and other Democratic presidential candidates to release, like Donald Trump released. 
his list of potential Supreme Court nominees to the public. Donald Trump released all of his nominees, said he would pick from this list if selected, and he did so. And Judicial Crisis Network's chief uh, counsel and policy director, Kerry Severino, said, well, President Trump was open and honest with the American people. Sorry. And has kept his promise. He released the list of judges. Joe Biden and other Democrats running for president have yet to reveal theirs. They're not going to either, is my prediction. Uh, Carrie Severino joins us now. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good, but I don't think they're ever going to release it. No, it was funny listening to everything that Joe Biden is willing to spout off about. This may be the one thing he's not saying is who actually would you put on the Supreme Court? And I'll tell you, if they thought it was going to help them with the American people, they would probably say who it is. But you know the kind of liberal activists and extremists they would love to pack the court with. And of course, remember, they're all wanting to pack the court, too. They want to add judges because they're so horrified that Trump has been able to put two constitutionalists in the court. They want to say, okay, now we now we need nine or so more of our liberal people on there, but we won't tell you who it is. I think the court decision last week on double jeopardy or allow, well, these are two separate laws, was atrocious. Now, I've been watching a phenomenon as we now look at the new justices, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. Uh, they often split their vote. John Roberts, I mean, I don't know what happened to John Roberts ever since the Healthcare decision, the Obamacare decision, which I thought was a disgrace. And I'm insiders have told me that he was with he was on the right side of the issue, but then thought about the politics surrounding the court. And I'm like, what? That ought not be a consideration. The Constitution, the rule of law, the intent of our framers, that's the only thing that should matter. Um, and yet now I, he's not a reliable vote. I don't think Kavanaugh looks too reliable either. My early read on it, and I'm kind of surprised and disappointed. Well, you know, he actually has lined up pretty consistently with the conservative members of the court. And the interesting thing I've seen is there are a lot of cases that have split that group in kind of unpredictable ways. You've got Gorsuch uh, siding with some of the liberal justices, for example, on a vagueness case that just came down earlier this week. You had Justice Thomas uh, on one case siding with the liberal justices. So I think it's hard because... On many of these cases, the the legal questions are so far in the weeds. It's not a simple, you know, is it which which one of these two answers is the quote conservative answer? Sometimes Obamacare wasn't sold as a tax, was it? But (laughs) that one that one is a pretty pretty open. I mean, changing your vote, which I was shocked to read the the new reporting that came out uh, in his new recent biography about what really went down. That was disgraceful because when you know what the right answer is and you say. Yeah, I don't think I like the headlines that are going to come from that. I don't want people to say the court did something bad. I'll switch my vote. That That is unacceptable and can never be excused. Well, he's the chief justice. For example, I'd like to know John Roberts appoints all these FISA court judges, and we know that there was premeditated FISA court abuse, and the FISA court was lied to, and we know that they purposefully committed a fraud on the court, and I don't, I haven't heard word one from Justice Roberts who appoints these people. I'd like to hear from those judges. Yeah, I think those judges ought to be outraged at, at, at having been... Well, I bet, knowing judges, I mean, uh, I would bet they are. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that is, it, for a lawyer to uh, commit fraud on the court is a, an incredibly serious issue and ought to be taken seriously. So let me tell you one th- um, a few yeah. things you don't do in life. If you go before a judge, you better tell the truth. That's my advice. Uh, just like you better pay your taxes and don't lie on loan applications. We did learn some lessons in the Manafort and the Cone cases, and I've said that many times. Um, similarly, there are people in life you ought not lie to. Hopefully your spouse, hopefully your pastor or counselor or shrink or You know, if you're having pain in your arm and it's going numb and your doctor says your arm okay and you say, yeah, it's fine. That would be dumb. You never lie to your lawyers either because then the lawyer can't help you if you're hiding something from them. Mm -hmm. And when you lie to the judge, you should get contempt of court. You mean like when you if you don't say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, your honor, no, your honor. I think you're in a, a bad place there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a worrisome thing. I think what I wouldn't even try it with Judge Judy. I've watched Judge Judy will rip your head <laughs> oh, off. No. Oh, you 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 better watch out for her. No, I mean, I, and I by think the way, I met her. She's the nicest woman you'll ever meet. 
smart. And That's because you didn't lie to her. No, I didn't lie to her. I wasn't in her courtroom. What do you think? I'm going to go on <laughs> Judge Judy to get my some legal matter resolved? No, thanks. She's too tough. Um, all right. So th- let's see what happens. And I hope that becomes a question. But I don't know if conspiracy theorist Rachel Maddows has it on her short list. Yeah, it's clearly one they want to dodge because I, I think they would rather just try to one-up each other for who can be the most liberal but not actually let the American people see what they mean by that. And, and you'll see at the end of the Supreme Court term what that's going to mean in practice. It's going to mean judges who think the United States government doesn't have a right to know how many citizens it has. You know, we're going to have this citizenship uh, question on the census, and I bet you're going to get maybe four judges who say well, they can't even ask that question. You know, it's things like that when you're going, huh, you got judges who say we can't have monuments that have crosses on them that's presumptively unconstitutional. And when you look at the, the extent to which there are already that kind of th- those kind of things in our war memorials across the country. You're scratching your head going, is that really what the Constitution was saying? I mean, that's that's the kind of extremism I think you're going to see from these. Uh, from the, Are you not the, disappointed at all in Roberts and Kavanaugh? I, I could say I'm, I'm definitely when you're talking about the Obamacare case, 100 percent. I think what we've seen so far in this term um I actually think though that uh, I mean, I, look, there's cases I disagree with that every everyone on the on the court has has done probably. Clarence but, Thomas, um, Sam Alito, very... but they rarely disappoint me. No, I mean, but just by the lineups, you can't. I guess is what I'm saying. You can't tell the answer. There are cases where it was Thomas and then Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, Kagan. So the lineups can't, can't tell you the full story. Um, but I think this term, what we've seen, is actually some very a, a very good one overall for conservatives the cases where maybe they could have gone farther in some cases perhaps but i think for the most well, part it seems like we have three reliable conservatives on the court originalists on the court constitutionalists but all right carrie uh severino thank you chief counsel policy director for judicial crisis thanks for being with us great to be here sean all right matt new york uh you're up uh welcome to the sean hannity show the all new am 710 wor what's going on hey sean i'm a 26 year old um conservative living and working here in manhattan um the, the, the Russian narrative by the left is getting a little bit old. And as we look towards 2020, I know they're promising a lot of free stuff. Um, saw the free college, the loans being paid back. And that really disgusts me. Um, someone that paid my way through school, worked multiple jobs. Um, I'm strongly against the government paying back those loans. I think that totally discounts the work ethic, the time management skills, the things that other people um, take upon to get through school and give themselves the opportunity that I did. I'm curious if you think if there's anything else that they're going to come out with in terms of a talking point. No, you're not listening. Everything is free. You're going to guaranteed job, guaranteed vacation, guaranteed health care, guaranteed retirement, cradle to grave. Then with the wealth tax, then you're going to have guaranteed health care from the minute you're born. That's if they don't support the infanticide during birth or right after birth. Uh, infanticide, but assuming the kid lives and the mother makes the right choice, but um, you got to move on, then everything is taken care of, including guaranteed government healthy food. Now, they don't explain and they can't explain how they're going to pay for it. And then Medicare for all, but you won't have an option of getting your own private insurer. And that means that when keep your doctor, keep your plan and save money fails again on a spectacular level, we're all screwed. And you know, nothing in it doesn't work that way. And then getting rid of oil and gas. Well, that is the single biggest opportunity to raise the standard of living for every single American, especially forgotten men and women in this country. You know, I, I mean, look, I paid for 10 years my student loan off. I took fifty eight dollars and five cents may not sound like a lot, but it was a pain in my neck when I didn't have that much money at that point in my life. And I paid it every single month every single payment took 10 years and you know do we do that retroactively can i get a check if they're gonna now forgive all student loan 1.6 what trillion dollars how are we gonna pay for that you know if you medicare for all almost eats up the whole budget this is this is a totally completely unsustainable it will destroy the greatest wealth producing society on earth It'll destroy innovation. It'll destroy creativity. It will literally, you see people mass exodus from New York, New Jersey, California, Illinois. You'll see it happening 
from the, the United States of America, they're going to leave. You tax people at 70% top, top marginal rate, corporations 90% top marginal rate, then a wealth tax, then a death tax. I mean, at that point, it is, it, you know, legalized stealing. I got a break. Thanks for a good call. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News Channel, this huge blockbuster that was discovered, Freedom of Information Act, as it relates to the ACLJ on the political side. This is going to be the week of the total freakout by the Democratic Party candidates. And the latest on James O'Keefe and his undercover investigation into Google. Oh, apparently, yeah, it might have a political taint to it. We've got the videos. 9 Eastern, Hannity on Fox. See you then. Back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.